0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. You know what? I want to see
1: what Jonathan Colton's doing right now. Hello, Afira. Hi. Hi, Jonathan Colton. This is the- host of NPR's Ask Me Another, Ophira Eisenberg, checking in. <laughs> yes, I know. That's why I said, hello, Ophira. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about you. What are you up to these days?
2: I'm up to, uh, I'm up to about 10, 12 pounds over my standard weight. That's what uh, I'm up to.
1: Oh, this is where we're at.
2: I have uh, taken the strategy of eating whatever I want- <laughs> And, dr- and drinking whenever I want. Yeah. And it has not worked out so well for me in the weight department. And so I have just, as they say, diet starts Monday. Just this week, I started taking note of what I eat. That is a very small step.
1: <laughs> no, that's huge. That the first step taken. is to acknowledge, to yeah. notice. And it's,
2: it's frankly, it's a nightmare. Once okay. you start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> once I started taking note, I'm like, oh, no wonder.
1: <laughs> well, I have to say I too have just allowed myself to eat whatever I want and drink whatever I want.
2: It's well, there's a hole inside and <laughs> it needs to be filled with something.
1: <laughs> like I, I'm still I'm a fast eater anyways, but I sit down for dinner and it's like gone. <laughs> like my husband's picking up his fork to take his first bite and I'm like, mmm, that was good. <laughs>
2: Well, you grew up—you grew up with a lot of brothers and sisters, right?
1: Yeah, but this is this is Olympic level. <laughs> so, have you already logged this stuff in?
2: I've started. I've just started logging. Yeah, I've just okay. started logging, and I'm I'm doing okay. You want to know what it was today? Yes. Let's see what it was today? Where's my phone? Yeah, read it. Here we go. <laughs> so this morning, coffee. Yeah. That's free.
1: That's zero, zero, zero. I mean, that's nothing. Wait a second. Do you have milk in that coffee?
2: Well, yeah. That's the thing. Is I oh. put half and half in my coffee. <laughs> No, so I counted it. So okay. I probably had four, I don't know, four tablespoons of half and half.
1: Okay. Yep. Oh, boy.
2: I'm already feeling guilty. <laughs> so that's my breakfast is 80 calories for four tablespoons of half and half as why breakfast. Do,
1: why don't you just put a scoop of ice cream? Just a scoop of ice cream right in that <laughs> coffee. I'm,
2: I mean, that's delicious. Lunch, homemade uh, white chicken chili with northern beans.
1: Oh, that sounds good.
2: Cup and a half of that. Uh, 12 rainbow baby carrots.
1: <laughs> 12... <laughs> Twelve. You sound like a model.
2: Well, I still wanted to put something in my mouth, right? And that's exactly the moment where, like, I would have a meal, and then I'd be like, "Oh, maybe I'll also have a hot dog,"
1: right? Know, which is right. done De- as as your dessert. That's
2: right. And then uh, I just uh, I just ate an apple, uh, which I haven't logged yet, but I'm going to I'm going to log that.
1: Okay, uh, log that apple. Get that in there. I don't want you to forget. But then a theme song. Burn a few calories with a theme song?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's a good idea. A (laughs) A little theme song workout. Here we go. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from our respective homes in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and 95 calorie fruits. Ask me another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thank you, Jonathan. Wow, 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 wow. This week on the show, we have the founder of the Wu-Tang Clan, RZA. That's right. And you know what? We play a game with them that nobody else has the guts to play. It's called Is It a Lizard? Also on the show, cartoonist and creator of Hulu's Woke, Keith Knight battles his twin sister in an unexpected second round of Brady Bunch trivia. And we're kicking things off with two truly wonderful friend the host of the talk show Busy Tonight and the podcast, Busy Phillips is doing her best, Busy Phillips, and comedy writer Shantira Jackson, who used to write for this very show before she left us to work for Busy. And you know what? She never calls. She never writes. We had to book her on this show just to find out how she's doing. So nice to see you again, Shantira. It's, it's been a while. It's been the two years since I left New York. <laughs> I know. Crazy. Uh, and Busy, so nice to meet you. I will say that I was like, what am I going to say I like you from? And then I was like, oh, everything? Thank <laughs> oh, <laughs> <I'll see> you. <laughs> I feel like so everything nice. you've done is like one of the things that I love the most. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to say so, you know, you recently started a podcast. It's called Busy Phillips is Doing. Her best. Yes. Shantira is a huge part of that podcast. She well, is, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> it's very and fun. <laughs> Yeah, so you interview um, celebrities and people of note and just talk about how people are pivoting and doing their best. And it is very timely to now. But you started this podcast before. Well, I feel like we sold it almost a year ago.
3: I think right. it was October of last year. You know, basically, we had a whole idea for a new way of doing things and making stuff. And we were working on this really big project that had a lot of moving parts. And um, we had like our big meeting with all of these money people in New York that was scheduled for March 16th. Um, <laughs>
1: Whoa, and, oh, jeez. Oh, uh, Wow.
3: And that was that, you know. And so I, we spent. Uh, timing. Yeah, you know, whatever. We're I feel very blessed in my life to be a person that's able to have perspective and self-awareness. And Shantira and I had been talking a little bit during that time. Also, just like we've kept in touch since Busy Tonight, and I always just loved, like, our writers' room in Busy Tonight was really small. It was only three writers, oh. which for those of you at home, that's small. literally insane.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very small. Uh, I think we had more writers doing us be another
1: than we did for it's a busy probably night. true. Yeah. <laughs> but just to be With... clear, they were being paid less. <laughs> Absolutely. This is true. I well, was paid you
3: less. Know. I mean, we're no, there were, no one was making a ton of money. <laughs> <for it. laughs> Which is why it was so confusing that they canceled us, because I was like, guys, this show is free. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just crazy the shoestring that we were managing to do that, you know, I feel like was a really successful show at the, you know.
1: But nobody uses the term like indie talk show. Nobody uses that term. Yeah, but
3: it really wasn't indie talk show. That's like totally what it was. (laughs) We definitely
4: should have gotten the Independent Spirit Award. 100%.
3: (laughs)
1: Shantira,
3: we should have. 100%. 100%. (laughs) If only we could go back in time. Uh, Let's get to some games. We gotta okay. get to some games. People. Okay, okay. We'll can we? Can I say one more thing though about the podcast Please. before we go? Um, I have a theme song that I sing, <laughs> and uh, Mr. Yeah. Jonathan Colton wrote
1: the theme song for me. To how sing. did is, I? How did you not tell correct. us this in all of our meetings? Jonathan talking about busy and getting ready for this. You you felt no need to just mention that.
2: I you know I don't like to brag. I don't like to brag. <laughs>
1: I would have told everybody. <laughs> I'd I be bragging. I love that. <laughs> Good. That, the full picture. Okay. So you, in your first game, uh, you're going to work together in this one. Okay. Ooh. I know. Shantira kind of knows the drill, obviously, but you're going to work together with this one. This is a word game. Uh, so those are typically on the tougher side, but it's also about famous people and alcohol. Great. Two things I love.
4: Right? Yeah, let's go. (laughs) This is is my vibe. And not even in any
3: particular order, depending on the day. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take take either. Both of
1: them lift my spirits, always. Uh, (laughs) Nice. So we're going to give you a cocktail recipe that describes a mashup of a cocktail and the name of a celebrity. And you are going to give us the mashup. I'm
4: ready. Heads up. I drink uh, whiskey's Neat. So Ooh. I don't know if we're going to be the best at mixing. Let's go, baby. You'll be okay. You'll be <laughs>
1: here. Here's your first one. Okay, mix <laughs> rum, curacao, orzat, and fresh lime juice, and serve it to the supermodel and new host of Dancing with the Stars, and maybe you'll get a smize out of her.
4: Okay, I know it's Tyra Banks. Right. Uh, rum... Ty- uh, uh, my Tyra
3: Banks. My Tyra Banks, yay! Yes. That's right. <laughs> yay! That's Ooh. right. Yeah, I
1: exciting. love it, that
3: was teamwork, Shantara. Yeah.
4: That was true teamwork. Yeah, team. yeah it was. I was
3: like, okay, okay. Um, you know that my grandmother, my dad's mom, my parents lived in Hawaii because my dad was in the Navy, uh-huh. and she used to like to go to the Pink Hotel, and she called them high ties. <laughs> <laughs> and not my ties, high tides. Um, I think because after one she started saying high tides. And I'll have another high tide yeah. At, yeah. instead of my tie. And so I always call them high tides. High and whenever I'm great. in Hawaii, I go to the Pink Hotel and I have one in her honor. Oh, that's yes. very nice.
2: Here's another uh, cocktail celebrity mashup. This drink is a hot mess. White <laughs> rum, tequila, gin, Triple sec, vodka, and cola, garnished with a Liz lemon.
3: Garnished with a Liz, well, Liz lemon.
4: lemon. So that well, is um, Tina Fey,
2: right? Right. I'm, I, this is, I'm this always, is one of those I'm, drinks that has everything in it. Yeah, that makes like, like a long, gin, long
3: island. Sec. A long, a long Island, Island Tina Fey, guys. I, a, a Long, long Island ice. Ice Tina Fey. You
2: got it. <laughs> that you got is it correct.
3: right. We got it. Long Island <laughs> Ice wow. Tina Fey. I'm really enjoying
2: watching the it's machine so go exciting. in this game. Yeah. It's it's so exciting!
3: Fun. Have you ever had a Long Island Iced Tea, Shantira? Yes, I'm from Florida.
4: Oh. Oh, yes, I, 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 went, I,
3: I went to a public university in Florida.
4: I, that's yeah. the first thing I drank.
1: <laughs>
4: Tallahassee in the house, baby. Tallahassee in the house.
1: <laughs> All right, here you go. Mix white rum with muddled mint, lime juice, simple syrup, and club soda, and you'll get a refreshing drink that's perfect after a long day of skateboarding in the X Games.
3: Uh, Tony Hawk. It's muddled rum mojito. A mo- uh, Tony, wait mojito. No, mojito mo- mo- H- Tony Hawk. Yes. Mo- oh my God! You did it! You did it! You did it! Mojito Tony Hawk. That
1: was beautiful. I'm like, I'm like,
3: I got the two things. I know the drink and the celebrity, but for some reason my yeah. brain stopped there.
4: I couldn't get either of. The, I was like, I love skateboarding too. I was like. Who do I know who's famous? Skateboard? I, I'm sorry, Tony. I'm sorry, Tony.
1: <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs> All right, this is a classic drink for a classic pop artist and Andy Warhol contemporary: Scotch, sweet vermouth, and a few dashes of bitters. Serve it to the subject of crying girl. She looks like she could use it, despite living in a comic strip.
3: Jonathan, I, this one's too hard. We're too. That's late. a lot I'm of not, words. I don't we're also, know. This. We're too young. We don't know any of these things. I, who it
2: well, is. Do, you know the, do you know the cocktail, scotch, and
3: sweet vermouth?
4: No, I don't. I don't know the answer to this. Based on a <laughs> Scottish
3: folk hero, it's, hold on, I'm thinking.
4: I 100% am not thinking. <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> okay Sometimes that's
2: a good strategy.
3: Oh, a Rob Roy. Yes. <gasps> Rob Rob Roy Lichtenstein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, There we go. Rob Roy Lichtenstein. See, you just have to get one so that you can
1: And then you're done. You're in. Shout out to Busy.
4: I did not know the answers to either of those. (laughs) We did (laughs) good on that, though. You did of Fantastic.
1: We have more with Busy and Shantira after the break and later, Rizza. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR.
5: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR.
2: This is Ask Me, another NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, cocktails, and celebrities. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: That's right, Jonathan. We're playing games with the host of Busy Phillips is doing her best, Busy Phillips, and our friend comedy writer Shantira Jackson. But before we move on, Shantira, I gotta ask you, is that a rabbit behind you? Oh yeah, we have a rabbit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we have a rabbit. Her name is Juniper. She is a divorcee uh, who <laughs> lives in our home. <laughs> Quick background on my rabbit, Juniper. Okay. Um, my partner got this rabbit, this little angel baby, from a shelter. And her background is that uh, she used to be married to an all-white rabbit, uh, cis male rabbit. And um, he, uh, she had like a couple of his babies. And then she was like, you know what? This is over. Also, I'm very LA. We talked to a pet psychic, and the pet psychic
1: <laughs> you're not the, this is not the first person. time this not... has come up on the show.
4: <laughs> the pet psychic said that Juniper is living her best life right now as a single queer woman, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that she uh, and that um, we were like, should we be petting her more? And then the uh, the lady literally said, Juniper went. Ew no. don't you know that if you hold me too hard I could die? Do not touch me anymore. <laughs> oh
2: my wow. god. Wow. So, Strong know, words Jennifer. from Jennifer.
4: So oh. Jennifer is like really a diva. She's like she I really wanna is. eat she's like I wanna eat bok choy. You can pet me, but do not hold me too much. And I'm yeah. like girl. Same. Okay. I love it. Fine. want to eat bok choy. You can pet me. Do not hold me too much.
2: She's a, she's a <laughs> rabbit who knows what she wants.
3: Yeah. She really is.
1: So, okay, we have another quick game for you. No more okay, working together. No more working okay. together. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, no. So this is great because we're going to do a music parody game. Ooh, yay. And it's it's all about you, Jonathan Colton.
2: It is all about me. <laughs> we have changed the lyrics to Beatles songs to make them about insects, arachnids, <laughs> creepy crawlies, and so on. All right, and we're going to go back and forth, and Busy, we're we're going to start with you. Okay. In the summer, I'll blight you, annoy you and bite you, and leave itchy bumps on your skin. I hate them so much. (laughs) Citronella or spray will not keep me away. Somehow, I will find my way.
3: I mean, mosquito.
2: Mosquito yes. is correct, yes. And the song was All My Loving.
3: And you know what's such a bummer? It's my least favorite of all of the insects. And, <laughs> and it's not the, a
2: very well beloved insect. To be no,
3: honest. but one of the reasons why I loved LA until this past year was because we had no mosquitoes. And now we have mos- mosquitoes everywhere. Yeah. <sighs> so now there's no reason to stay in LA. Let's go on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all right. So, Shantira, this one is for you. Okay.
3: Whew. I
2: live on your dog or should I say your dog has me. I jump very high. That's a good thing because I don't fly.
4: Um that's a flea baby, right? Flea. It is
2: definitely a flea. That that's is correct. a flea. And do you know the song just for funs?
4: Uh do I know the song? OK, I'm going to be super honest with you. I only know <laughs> Beatles songs from commercials. I did not grow up Fair listening enough. to Beatles. So if it wasn't in a commercial at some point in the last 10 years. It's fun. It's fun. I don't know it.
2: That was Norwegian Wood.
4: Yeah, 100% never heard of that song ever in my whole life. But if they tried to sell Tide with it, I'm
2: your girl. <laughs> uh, busy, this one is for you. I'm excited. In the hive, there is a swarm of fuzzy, buzzing things. They're making wax and royal jelly for the queen. And in the garden, they explore the scene as they pollinate. The stripes look great.
3: Honey bees are in my mind. <laughs> in yes.
1: My yes, it's well nice. done, bees. Uh, they look good in horizontal stripes, which I've always yeah. held against them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. It's hard, they, it's hard, they hard to pull fur. that
4: off. They wear fur all year long. <laughs> They're thriving.
1: Yeah. They're t-
2: <laughs> 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 all right, Shantiri, this is the last one, and it is for you. Okay. Whew. Here we go. Hiding in the web, there's a big surprise. Sitting still with eight legs and eight eyes. Waits for flies. I know it's not an insect. Please don't write us to complain. <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: one of uh, the best rhymes so of all time. So here we <laughs> go. I'm really proud of myself because it's uh, a spider. A spider. The, middle of the night. That yeah. is and right. That is a blackberry baby who yeah. has been used in a commercial. Okay. <laughs> See?
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Both did amazing in the music game, knowing thank your Beatles you. and your insects Ooh. to enough of a degree that is acceptable to gain all of the points and win. That's we what the it. point is. <laughs> <laughs> we did it! Thank you. I needed a win. Uh, that's I needed right. a win. We all need a win, Shantira. Oh, yes. We all <laughs>
3: need it's a very win. True. Yeah. Very
2: true. Very uh, true.
1: I feel like this was my best. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank oh, you, thank Busy you. Phillips. Thank you, Shantira Jackson. Such a pleasure to see you again and meet you, Busy. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Thanks for having us. Busy's podcast is called Busy Phillips is Doing Her Best. Our next two contestants are also our first sibling duo since the before times. Cartoonist Keith Knight co-created the new Hulu series Woke, inspired by his own life, and he's playing against his real life, quote, evil twin sister, Tracy, who appears as a character in his strip, The K Chronicles. Keith, Tracy, welcome to Ask Me Another. Hello. Hello. Uh, Congratulations on Woke. It uh, debuted on Hulu, what, September 9th?
6: Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
1: Love it. I feel like it already has received rave reviews.
6: Yeah, yeah. I couldn't be happier with the reception and just like... Just the fact that it finally got to the point where it came out. This is a moment right now for, for, you know, black creators. The door is open to Hollywood right now. And I just, it's going to take two flops for them to close the door. And I I just didn't want to be one of the flops, you know.
1: It's a lot of pressure where they go, "This, this is the voice that represents all of these
6: people. Exactly, exactly. The pressure is on,
1: so uh Tracy, I have to ask, just so I know where you are at, you recently enrolled at the University of Hawaii? I did. I'm taking some psychology
7: courses and some uh, Hawaiian history and culture courses, and yeah, I'm excited, okay,
6: see and I and this is this is what I am envious about my evil twin sister, which is. <laughs> She does so many different things and has had so many jobs. The only thing I've done is I was a Michael Jackson impersonator and then I was a cartoonist. Like, that's really the extent okay. of my I, you existence. Know what? You
1: can't really just slip. I was a Michael Jackson impersonator. Just, like, slide that in and then we're all just going to be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, so anyways.
6: Uh, it was a very brief. There was one brief moment. It was brief but spec. <laughs> it was pretty sp- but spectacular. So in our high school, we have a variety show every year. And the stars of the show are always the black male dance group. And the finale of the show was supposed to be a recreation of Thriller. And so they were going to have tryouts to be Michael Jackson. And at lunch, someone said, Keith, you'd make a good Michael Jackson. And one of my friends said, nah, he's too skinny to be Michael Jackson which is kind of a weird thing to say.
1: How skinny were you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
6: I was skinny. Guy. I was skinny though. And when I went there to try out, it turned out that that guy who made fun of me wanted to do it too. And he, uh, got, he got it. They wouldn't even let me try out. He, the, the guy <gasps> just gave it to him. And here's the thing. We were both in the same dancing crew. So we practiced in our break dancing outfits. But on the day of the show, I came not in my breakdancing outfit, but in my Billy Jean outfit, and I did not breakdance. I did all my Michael Jackson moves, and this is before the finale. So I got to do it first, and at the end of it, all these people were hiring me to be Michael Jackson at birthday parties and at fairs and events, <laughs> that is so crazy. and I made more money then than I make now. <laughs>
1: Okay, so here's what we have for you, uh, because we decided, you know what medium works great for cartoons? Radio. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to give you dialogue from some of the most famous newspaper comic strips ever. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is identify the strip. Now, I know that uh, Keith kind of has an unfair advantage in this one, Tracy,
7: Yeah, this is going to go well for me.
1: I can tell. (laughs) But I think it's going to be fine because you're going to work together as a team on this one. On this one. Okay. Where did this quote come from? Spaghetti, beans, egg, peanut butter, and avocado should make a good sandwich.
6: This is from... uh a cartoon?
1: Yep. And, <laughs> and actually, there is a sandwich that is a huge sandwich. Oh,
6: a giant sandwich. Oh, okay.
1: A giant sandwich named so, after.
6: So, uh, Tracy, um, this oh, is Lord. a very old school cartoon. Um, this is one of those cartoons where the creator has died decades ago, and they put somebody else on it and any new cartoonist who tries to get in is com- gets completely frustrated because they have cartoons from 75 years ago.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
6: It's Blondie, right? Blondie?
1: Yep, Blondie. Blondie, yeah. Blondie
6: Dagwood. You know Dagwood Bumstead with the giant oh, sandwiches? Yeah, but, uh, Trace is like I don't even like comics. <laughs> Uh, I know, I know, that's true, that's true. All
2: right, here is another question for you. This comes from a groundbreaking strip from the early 1900s. Oi, Ignatz Angel, look, a nice little love tokens I got for you. A nice, new, fresh 1918 models brick.
6: So, this cartoonist actually was a black man passing as a white man to... Get into the newspaper and stuff like that. But he is known as one of the greatest cartoonists of all time. Uh, Are we guessing the cartoon or the cartoonist?
1: It doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) So, for you know, yes, give me the, give us the cartoon.
6: Okay. uh, It's my initials, Tracy.
1: Oh, you're expecting me (laughs) to guess? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just throwing them
7: out
6: there for you. Yeah. Come on.
7: it's not—it's You're throwing up, you're lobbing them up, and you're expecting me to hit them. Do you
6: remember okay. me in Little League? It's not going to happen. <laughs> it is Crazy Cat, and it's uh, the cartoonist is George Harriman. That is correct. George Harriman.
2: All right, here's a quote from a beloved comic strip that wrapped up 25 years ago. I like to verb words. I take nouns and adjectives and use them as verbs. Remember when access was a thing? Now
6: it's something you do. It got verbed. Calvin and Hobbes, that's what I would say. Yeah, you're absolutely yes. right, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, Calvin and Hobbes is like, that is the ultimate. Every cartoonist, if we could get anywhere near what Bill Watterson created, because he's one of those rare combinations of, you know, cartoonists, either they're really great writers or they're really great artists. And he's that perfect combination of both.
1: And artistic integrity.
6: Yeah, he's like he's like the punk. He's the like the only cartoonist punk out there is like no i don't want product you know (laughs) and i'm gonna go out i don't you know i don't want to be some old man doing the same thing like like he was he was definitely punk rock so good for him
1: is that a cuckoo clock
6: that was that was the cuckoo clock (laughs) i i I am married to a german from the black forest which is where they were invented and we (laughs) have to have a cuckoo clock in the house at all times. <laughs> my mother
1: is Dutch, and I grew up with that sound. That is a very familiar and homey sound to me. Uh, we, have, we have another game for you because, you know, this is what happened. When we ask guests, we go, hey, you're going to come on the show, and we'd love to play a game with you. What are, what are you into? You said Brady Bunch.
6: I did say Brady Bunch because when we were growing up, my two sisters, we had a, a station called Channel 56 that would rerun... The Brady Bunch. I think twice a day, like back to back, and and so we would day. have to watch it like oh. every day. Tracy, did you watch a lot of Brady
1: Bunch because you liked it? Yeah, I okay. don't know why. I thing? watched that.
7: Yeah. I watched Gilligan's Island. Oh, I yeah. watched Partridge now. Gilligan's Family.
6: Island is a very problematic show because I don't understand why anyone thought that people in quicksand was funny.
1: Oh, that was everything. Oh, you're right. A few times a week,
6: somebody would fall in quicksand. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So we're putting your Brady Bunch knowledge to the test in a true-false game called A Very Brady Trivia Sequel. Our listeners may remember we recently played a Brady Bunch game with John Early. Who knew the subject would come up again so soon?
6: (laughs) There you go. There you go.
1: Okay, Tracy. Tracy. The first one is for you. True or false? Ann B. Davis, who played Alice the housekeeper, has an identical twin sister.
7: She has a twin. And did you mean in real life or on the show? <laughs> in real life. In real life. True. True is
1: correct. Yes. And they <laughs> they did have a episode that featured Alice's identical cousin Emma, but that character actually was also played. By Ann B. Davis. I guess because her twin didn't go to school. Maybe she couldn't act. Yeah, maybe. All
2: right, Keith, this one is for you.
5: The dad, Mike Brady,
2: does not appear in the final episode of The Brady Bunch because actor Robert Reed objected to the episode's implausible storyline about a bottle of hair tonic that turns Greg's hair bright
6: orange. True or false? I would say false. It's true! Are you serious? <laughs> Tracy
2: is right. It is absolutely true. All right. Yeah, how'd you, how did you know that, Tracy?
7: Yeah, how did you know? I am a pile of useless information right here. Well,
2: not anymore. Not anymore. Paying, paying off in a big way.
1: All right, Tracy, the oldest brother, Greg's role, was reduced in a season four episode when actor Barry Williams arrived to the set completely stoned. True or false? I'm going to say false. It's true.
6: Whoa. <laughs>
1: yeah, Williams totally admits to this. He says that it was his day off, uh, but he was suddenly called back for reshoots. Wow. And,
2: uh, uh, I mean, who among us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: You
6: know. Oh, <laughs> well, there's the, well, the there's cuckoo clock. clock. There's the cuckoo clock. <laughs> and means... you know
2: what that sound means. It's time for your last question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Keith, this is for you. The youngest brother, Bobby Brady, was played by Mike Lookinland, and Mike Lookinland's son played Mike Lookinland in a TV movie about the making of the Brady Bunch.
6: No, no, he didn't, because wouldn't they have to dye his hair blonde like they did Mike Lookinland, who was blonde in the original one?
1: That's going to stop things? That's your, that's, that's going to stop that's, things at Hollywood. That's, that, that's is going
6: to okay, stop Okay, that's this? true.
2: Okay, okay, it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. I begrudgingly give you the point. It is true.
6: Okay.
7: <laughs> Just for the record, they dyed Mike Lookinland's hair brown.
6: He yeah. was already brown. Oh, blonde. he was blonde oh, and they dyed said, Yeah, brown. he was blonde. Yeah. yeah, that's what I meant to say. He's blonde oh, okay. and they had to do, Just do, check- do brown. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna go with that I won i'm I'm hoping she did win. Thank you i I don't know what I'm gonna tell my kids, but uh, you know Auntie Tracy won.
1: I think I think you can say that you won the first game and Auntie Tracy won the second
6: game. Oh that's a yes. that's a great way of saying yeah, it that's I was very
1: it. impressed with it I was very
7: impressed with the first game. <laughs> I, I think that's that's so cool that you knew what it is that you've been doing for
1: <laughs> yes. years. There you go Wow it's
2: a real backhanded compliment right there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Keith Knight, Tracy Knight, thank you. Thank you. Pete's new show, Woke, is streaming on Hulu. After the break, we are so excited. Rizza from the Wu-Tan Clan is here, and he'll play a game that we've been looking forward to for a long time. It's called, Is It a Lizard? with Rizza. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another
0: from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sattva. Sattva luxury mattresses are every bit as elegant as the most expensive brands, but because they're sold online, they're about half the price. Visit com slash NPR and save an additional two hundred dollars. This message comes from NPR sponsor Proven Winners Color Choice Shrubs, which believes plants and gardening are for everyone. With over 25 years of developing, trialing, and testing some of the most recognized flowering shrubs and evergreens on the market, Proven Winners Color Choice makes it easy to transform dull landscapes into colorful, vital spaces for work and play. Available in the distinctive white containers at garden centers nationwide. Or learn more at provenwinnerscolorchoice.com NPR.
2: This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg.
1: Thanks, Jonathan. Our guest today is RZA. Inspired by kung fu movies that he watched as a kid, RZA founded the legendary hip-hop group, the Wu-Tang Clan. And not only does he love movies, he makes them. His latest is called Cutthroat City, and he's sharing his love of film with a project called 36 Cinema, streaming movies with live commentary. RZA, welcome to Ask Me Another.
8: Bong bong, how you doing today? <laughs>
1: Riza, such an absolute honor to talk to you. I know uh, that you've been pretty busy. I've actually was listening to <laughs> some uh, you talking in some interviews, saying that you know during this time you have you've been doing a lot through
8: Zoom. Yeah, Zoom is the new way of communication. Um, it's actually the, the way we work now. So I've been on Zoom calls. And meetings like back to back, and press interviews, yeah. and all that, and writers rooms. We had two writers <laughs> rooms being ran through Zoom. At first, it was one where it was too many people, and it started getting <laughs> out of control. <laughs> so, this is and, for uh, Wu
1: Tang and American Saga season two, correct?
8: Yes, indeed.
1: So, what you know, what is it like writing and being part of a fictionalized version of your own life?
8: Yeah, you know, I like to call it a dramatized. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and forgive my pronunciations. One thing I think I'm known for is, is pronouncing words in my own way. Yes. <laughs> but we have taken truth and we are getting a chance to play with it, uh, expound upon it, and also set it in unique settings. I think what, I, what, I, what we strive to do with this particular show was tell the story the same way that Wu-Tang Music told his story. And if you listen to Wu-Tang music, when you hear the Kung Fu samples, uh, or you, you know, you hear the um, the lyric, abomitomically, Socrates' philosophies and hypotheses, can't define it, I'll be dropping these mockeries, lyrically performed on robbery, that's a lot of images into a lyric. And so, so through the show, we would say, well, we could play with martial arts, we could play with animation, we could play with. Socrates could appear in our show, in our reality, if we wanted to use something to continue to tell the story.
1: And when you were filming season one, were you, you were in Staten Island,
8: right? Yeah, we filmed in Staten Island in our old neighborhood. The, the best part about that, you know, the best, best part is that we went to the old apartment, a uh, rented house that I lived in. That was where, you know, we were hanging in that basement and make music. And we went back to the old house and, you know, the people allowed us to come in and a lot of it was still the same. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They they changed a few things, but this one particular thing was this stained glass window that was there. Oh, yeah. And we used the exteriors, of course, for shooting, but we rebuilt the interior on a stage. And it was amazing, you know, (laughs) when my sisters and my brothers would come to set and they would, you know, see this (laughs) place to be transformed back to the original. And one of the program, I mean one of the uh production designers, he actually had to talk to my sister and she had old pictures from when we was kids. And so he got the the floor right, the wall, oh the paint. Goodness. He got it all right because she had these pictures and when she came and saw it it was like it bought Tears to her eyes, and brought tears to my brother.
1: And I'm sure at that point, did you all start trading stories that you know maybe you hadn't even thought of in years, kind of thing?
8: Yeah, we, we had dinners, family dinners, and we would bring it up and we would tell stories. And you know, one thing I had to be careful of though is a family member, you know, wanting to come and write an episode. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got it. Right, you know, trying to stick something in there. And look, that's nothing, look, it's not about, oh man, this is a Wu Tang show. You don't care about the day you lost your shoe and the dog, bit a hole. and that's not making the series. <laughs> that was
1: so, you, you're also a film director, and you have a new film out called Cutthroat City. So, this film is about four childhood friends who are forced into, um, committing crime to survive in New Orleans and the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. So why were you attracted to a script that was dealing with Hurricane Katrina?
8: Yeah, I mean, look, Hurricane Katrina was a, a national tragedy, right? 15 years yeah. ago. It really devastated New Orleans and especially the Black community really caught the short end of the stick. And when this, when I first read the screenplay by Paul C.J., he had... um. Uh, I think some of the things that inspired this entire film for him as a writer was a couple of articles about these truck stop robberies. And yet what resonated with me was the story of the four men, the yes. four young men, and not the crime aspect of it, the point of the matter that they were not criminals. And so that part related to me because that's in almost every community. That happened in my community. The chances of aspirations turning to desperation was a common denominator for the black community and for poverty communities.
1: Um, you say that Quentin Tarantino basically taught you.
8: Yeah, my, I, I'm i I'll call myself a student of Mr. Quentin Tarantino, and I probably would say that. And I said humbly that I that I took him on as a as a teacher.
1: And then in the first scene of this movie, you have your characters criticize Quentin Tarantino films. <laughs> That's
8: funny. That's really so funny. You know, I was—I—I I, I hope he sees it. I don't know if he's—I <laughs> know he's going to be dying laughing. You no, know, we have our own sense of humor. We spent a lot of time laughing together, and—and and I'm sure that based on our relationship and based on our sense of humor. He's gonna get a kick out of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. And you also became friends with action movie director John
8: Wu, right? Yeah. Is that right? I sampled I sampled his music for the Rayquan's album Only Built for Cuban Links. Yeah. And at the time, sampling was really unknown to me, like far as the law and the profession. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> not
1: Copyright know,
2: and yeah. everybody <laughs> just know, did
8: whatever they yeah, yeah. I don't know that you can't do this, so you can't do right. that. But I was informed that you know that this might be a problem, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, why?"
2: <laughs>
8: and we wrote John a beautiful letter, and he responded to the letter, and he came to New York, and he invited me to dinner, and we That's sat down. pretty after, cool.
5: Yeah, <laughs> That's we sat down, cool.
8: talked. I, I mean, at the t- I mean, I was the biggest John Woo fan, you know. He just became that first director that I was able to talk to about storytelling and, and filmmaking. Does he
1: give you um, like directorial advice or in the beginning, did he say, you know, go look at this or, or, you know, watch this kind of movie? Yeah.
8: yeah. In the beginning, he gave me a lot of advice. And even um, in John's advice to filmmakers is study the films in the 70s. Hmm. Ah. Uh, He said, because the freedom of filmmaking had its prime in the 70s. And I do to this day, I always, you know, once a week, there's a '70s film being played,
1: and then of course you've scored films for Quentin Tarantino and Jim Jarmusch, and then obviously for your own films. And how do you? How did you find yourself doing an ice cream jingle? <laughs>
8: <laughs> <laughs> That's that, that is you my favorite thing. You composed an
1: ice cream jingle for um, the Good Humor yeah, ice let, cream. Company. Let me
8: give Good Humor the credit because Turkey in the store was a. A, a jingle that was in most of our ice cream trucks. And it was re- originally it was an Irish folk song that made its way to America. But in the case of the turkey and the straw, they took it and they made it derogative and they made it a racial slur, comment, and mockery of black men and, and women in America. And they discovered the history of it and they said, let's do something about it. And they reached out to me and the idea was like, look, we can't change history. Right. But it's like we know. could actually
1: fix this. Yeah, we could fix it. <laughs> well let's let's I think we have it. Let's hear it. Uh, it does it does sound, you know what? I like the sound the kind of two sounds together. I know I, I can't talk about music like a professional Jonathan's professional. You're a professional, obviously. But I like that it has a little bit of a uh bass note to it that I would run to. That would be my beat to run to the truck, yet it still has this like buoyant happiness.
8: Yeah, that was actually one thing that we um that we we noticed that ice cream trucks is there's never bass in it. Right. Yeah. And the trick was that uh, the trick of that was like, how do we keep a bass frequency when the speakers in the ice cream truck don't really hold bass frequency? <laughs> right, that's, it's not like <laughs> yeah. they have the big rig in the back, yeah. right? They don't. <laughs> so they sent us a speaker to the studio. Oh, so you could so you could actually oh, listen to it through cool. an ice cream truck and, speaker? And yeah, of course, and, yeah. I, and the engineer mixed it to that
2: speaker. Don't you think? Don't you think some trucks should now? Upgrade their sound system. <laughs> totally. So they get some real bass in there, some real serious low frequencies.
8: That'd be cool, but you no, know, it'd be it'd be yeah, it's subjective. It's not you know what I mean. Some people like. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs>
1: That's right. Okay, Rizzo we we have a game for you. Okay. And uh, we wanted to do something that we're pretty sure you've never done before. Okay. So this is a I game. Take, called... I don't
8: have to take my shirt off or nothing. <laughs> no, nothing? No, no, no. Very, very unless claimed. you want to.
1: I mean, yeah, it's always, it's uh, optional. It's optional. <laughs> uh, so your game is called, is it a lizard?
8: Mm. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so either we are describing a lizard or it is not a lizard. Okay. Okay, so we'll give it a shot. Here's your first one. Australia's thorny devil is covered in spikes. It can capture water almost anywhere on its body. The water then travels across its skin through microchannels directly into its mouth. Is
8: it a lizard? That, sound, that sounds like a sponge. Like a sponge, <laughs> a sponge, sponge in like my sound. kitchen. The big green sponge. My wife, I, thought, I don't like the big green one, but she keeps coming out with the big green one. So I'm gonna say no.
1: I'm sorry. It is a lizard. Yes, Emma. it is a lizard. Amalama. Thorny devil was not in the Wu Tang Clan. No, no, he didn't make it. <laughs> not the not the eleventh member. Okay. No. Okay.
8: <laughs> I get another chance and I just blew it Oh yeah, oh no, you yeah. Get, no, you get many oh, chances. Oh, you have so many chances.
2: Okay. Here's another one for you. Coati can be found from Arizona to Argentina. Their darkly banded tails make up half their body length and are held erect as they walk. Coati are known to click and whistle while foraging. Hmm. Is it a lizard? <laughs> I'm going to say yes. I'm sorry, that is not a
7: lizard.
8: It is
2: actually a member of the raccoon family. It has a long, flexible snout. So how much much money I lost there? You lost two million dollars. Each one of these was worth a million dollars. Okay, let's give me a few cards so
8: I can win something back. No,
2: those are the only ones worth any money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the okapi, the okapi is a very—it's very flashy. With its deep brown, almost purple body, white face, and black and white striped legs, is it a lizard?
8: You know, that sounds like one of those strippers that I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I was in Austin. <laughs> I'd rather, I, I rather right. like Atlanta, but, but it, uh, you know what? That sounds, like a, that sounds like a bird, though, to me. So I'm going to say no to that. You are correct. It is not a lizard. All right, I got one right. getting my money. <laughs> it is,
1: uh, I mean, I know, we don't know any of these, but our, we are learning. It is a relative of giraffes. It kind of looks like a deer mixed wow. with a zebra.
2: All right, here's another one. This is the name of the animal. The horned toad thrives in dry climates from British Columbia to Guatemala and subsists almost entirely on ants. The horns are only part of a suite of defenses that include hiding in the sand, gulping air to inflate itself, and occasionally spurting blood from its eyes. It's called a toad, but is it actually a lizard?
8: That sounds like my drunk Uncle David. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds
1: spurting blood from the eyes? Is yeah, that the part?
8: And, yeah. and, and 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 the chocolate ants. But <laughs> I'm gonna say, yes, it's a lizard. It is a lizard. Yes. It is an inaccurately
2: named lizard. That's right.
8: Now no now I knew that one because. Uh, You know, as a Kung Fu guy, right, there's a Kung Fu technique called the lizard style. And I think they kind of use that guy as some of the techniques. Ah. Oh, really? All right. Your Kung Fu knowledge came in handy, even in this dumb lizard (laughs) game. Always does.
2: Always
1: does. All right. We have two more for you. The Goliath bird-eater is a 12-inch long Amazon predator that preys on rodents, frogs, and even birds. Nasty. When roasted in banana leaves, it's a local delicacy that tastes a little bit like
8: shrimp. Whoa. Is it a lizard? I'm going to say no.
1: You are correct. It's a giant nightmare spider.
8: Well, the shrimp part is what got me when you said, if you would have said tastes like chicken, I would have said, yes, lizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, tastes like shrimp. I was like, nah, that's not no lizard. Ain't gonna, they can't lizards, there's
2: no lizard that tastes like shrimp. No Everybody like knows that. that.
8: I mean, if, it, if,
1: if lizards tasted like shrimp, we'd be eating a lot more lizards. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Little lizard. Right. Campy. <laughs>
2: yeah. <On a> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all on. right. This is the last one. Okay. The Cuban night anoli. Gets its name because it's from Cuba, and its large bony head resembles a chest knight.
8: Is it a lizard? You know what? They have a head like a knight, I'm going to say yes, it's a lizard because they seem like a lizard would have that type of a head. But <laughs> you're right. That's
2: totally a thing a lizard would do. You That's are correct.
8: Right. Yeah, it's it like, is a lizard. Yeah, I can see. I can see a chest set now. I can see
2: (laughs) an an all lizard chess
8: set. Lizard chess set. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. You're a you are a big chess player. Do you have novelty sets?
8: Yeah, I do. I do have some some beautiful sets. I've been blessed. Um, Yeah, I have one set that uh, my brother got me for my birthday, and he went all out. It was, uh, you know, I mean, this set is, you know. i need security for this uh, yeah <laughs> are
1: are they are they though in the shapes of uh like the
8: kind of classic it, um no, no these are napoleon it's the napoleon War.
1: oh
2: oh nice.
8: it's, look it's made out of pure gold and silver
1: wow
2: yeah.
8: i'm like man no thank you like my brother my brother divine he's um you know, he's CEO of Wu-Tang Production. He controls the money anyway. so Yeah, he, right. <laughs> yeah, right. It's coming out of your pocket. He's like,
1: of... yeah, happy birthday to you. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been so much fun and just such an honor. Thank you so much, Rizla. Uh,
8: thank you, guys. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Peace.
1: RZA is the founder of the Wu-Tang Clan and director of the new movie, Cutthroat City. On September 24th, he's screening one of his favorite movies, Shaolin vs. Llama, and providing live commentary at 36cinema.com. That's our show. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey,
2: my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon.
1: Our puzzles were written by our staff, along with Ruth Morrison and Scott Ross, with additional material by Kara Weinberger. Ask Me Another is produced by Travis Larchuk, Nancy Seychow, James Sparber, Rimmel Wood, and our intern, Sam Yellowhorse Kessler. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal, and our boss's bosses are Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We'd like to thank our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias.
2: Ophira Eisenberg.
1: And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, Queer Eye's interior design expert, Bobby Burke, gives us his advice on how to instantly spruce up your living
6: space. Put a rug in the middle of the room, bring your furniture into the middle of the room. That's, I think, the number one piece of advice I had to give people.
1: So join me on NPR's Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions.
5: Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need.
7: Every day we get the privilege of helping people to recover from the unexpected, realize their dreams, and help manage the risk of everyday life. And for small business owners, we help them to think about all the things that are necessary so that they can continue to run their businesses successfully without interruption. As a business owner myself, I first reflect back to the experiences that I have. So we look at their liability, we look at their retirement, we look at the interruption coverage, everything that they need in order to continue to operate efficiently.
5: Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm.